0: Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon.
1: Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I am absolutely delighted that you've joined us, whether you're on the live show or whether you're listening to a download at a time that's convenient for you. Always like to know you're listening. Today, we're going to talk about how to be more with less I encourage you to go to the self-improvement blog and take a look at our guest picture, reader bio. There's some very good videos uh, on the on the site. Uh, so go take a look so you know more about our guest. Because, you know, this, this is a topic that's perfect for the end of one year and the beginning of the next, getting your life a little more manageable. You know, we're just a few days now from the beginning of a new year, so it's really time to take an inventory. As you listen to the show, look around you, and whether you're at home or in your office, let your eyes rest on three things that you can get rid of and never miss. I look around my office and I see a lot more than three. In the next few days, make a mental note of things in your life that you may consider Clutter. Don't find any? Now look again. Why? Wouldn't you like to start the new year with less to carry, with less to be responsible for? Today we're going to talk about simplifying your life and really living. Through decluttering and focusing on the best things instead of all the things, you can create a life with more savings and no debt, more health and less stress, more space and less stuff, and more joy with less obligations. Those are the words of today's guest, Courtney Carver. Don't we all want that? Courtney Carver changed her life by simplifying it after a devastating diagnosis in 2006, She's the founder of BeMoreWithLess.com and a minimalist fashion challenge known as Project 333. Her new book, Soulful Simplicity, How Living With Less Can Lead to So Much More, was just released this Tuesday. I'm so excited about her book. I am absolutely delighted to welcome her to the Self-Improvement Show so, Courtney Carver, welcome. I'm so delighted to have you with us today. Well, thanks, Irene. I appreciate the invitation. Well, it's exciting to have someone on whose book just came out. But let's start how we always start this show. Tell us about yourself. Who is Courtney Carver?
2: Well, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, with my husband and our two cats. And I have a 22-year-old daughter um, who lives close by. So I think, I mean, first and foremost, I'm a a mom and a wife. And then I am also a a writer and author. And I love uh, photography and a lot of outdoor things that Utah offers, like
1: skiing and hiking. Yeah, you, you do a lot of that now, too, don't you? I do. I, I travel yeah.
2: and do a lot of the things that I really enjoy much more than I used to.
1: And I want people to remember that as you tell your story because there was a possibility that you would not be able to do that. So Tell us your story. What was your life like before your illness? You know, tell us a little bit about the illness and how has it changed? Sure. Well, I think I was kind of living the
2: typical American dream lifestyle. I was working way too hard, spending beyond my means, and doing everything I could to try to keep up with with it all, uh, and in a very unintentional way. So everything just seemed to be happening to me all the time, and I didn't feel like I had a lot of control over my life. And when I looked around me I noticed that everyone else seemed to be running at the same speed and kind of approaching their life in the same way. So I just thought, well, this must be normal. <laughs> this is the, the the way of life. And it never occurred to me that life would be anything other than, you know, trying to catch up and keep up and I just felt like I was always falling short. And in two thousand six that all came to a halt pretty quickly when after months of debilitating fatigue and vertigo and tingling in my hands and numbness in my face um, and countless visits to doctors and neurologists, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis.
1: And that was that's, my wake-up call. That's a frightening diagnosis. Um, what what happened after you learned that you had MS?
2: Well, most immediately afterwards, I just felt really scared and uninformed. I didn't know what to do except to be scared. Um, but as I started to you know, talk to people in my family about what was going on and do research about the disease, I discovered that stress was really a big indicator in terms of Um, disease decline, and that that stress could make you feel worse, cause exacerbations, and I started to notice that in other areas of my life, stress made me feel terrible, you know, whether it be getting a headache or a cold or made me grouchy, whatever it was, stress never really seemed to add value to my life, and upon this new diagnosis, I knew things had to change or else... I was going to decline and wouldn't be able to do things like hiking or skiing or perhaps even walking on a day-to-day basis. So I decided to eliminate as much stress from my life as possible, which I know sounds a little crazy. (laughs) Oh, it
1: doesn't sound crazy to me at all. (laughs) No, not at all. Good. And I hope that people who are listening to this who are really stressed a lot Pay attention to this you know you don't always get something like MS but you can get other things as well and your lifestyle is so diminished when you let stress take over that um, I don't want to get preachy about that but it's really big and, and how long and I, did so, it oh go ahead I was just going to say
2: I think you're exactly right you don't need an MS diagnosis in fact. That wasn't my first wake-up call. It was just the first one I really paid attention to. Um, But I can look back and see for 10 years prior, I was getting these little wake-up calls that stress was impacting my life in a negative way.
1: And you talk about wake-up calls in your book. And I don't want to give all this away because it's something that everybody should sit with and consider. Um, But give us a couple of the wake-up calls. You know, how, how do you know if stress is getting to you or if there's something in your life you really need to pay attention to, that you need to, to notice and do something about it? Well, give us a couple of them.
2: Well, for starters, I think on some level we all know. We all know when things are too much, when we feel too pressured, when we're not sleeping well, but we have this, I think, instinct to just cover it up with more instead of listening to it, because if we listen and we know, then we have to address it, and that's scary. So instead, we just get busier or turn our, our attention somewhere else. But I know for me it was just, even when I would have these little voices saying, like, this isn't working, or something's got to change, instead of quickly dismissing it, if I had just taken a minute and listened, I would have heard that that was my wake-up call calling, That inner voice was letting me know, things are not okay. You should not be feeling like this. You deserve better. You know, all of those little messages that I was getting and that we all get, those are wake-up calls for sure.
1: And it's so easy to hear them and to shrug them off because they don't really seem like a big deal at the moment. But, you know, over time, added together, they can become a very big deal so it's you know it's called awareness it's called you know tuning in to who you are you're certainly worth it yeah everybody who's hearing this you're certainly worth it yeah and make room to tune in yeah make room to tune in make time to tune in pay attention you know you you've heard the saying most i would i would guarantee that everybody listening to this show has heard the saying feel the fear and do it anyway You know, listen, even if it's fearful, and begin to do something about it. And we're going to talk about some of the things you can do about it. But the great, exciting news is you've written a couple books, and you had a brand new one released this week on Tuesday. And I'm sitting here looking at it. Soulful Simplicity is its name. How Living with Less Can Lead to So Much More. It's on Amazon, and I've got a hardback. It's so lovely. I got all excited almost as if it was my book. Um, You can get it on Kindle, and it's really a great read. So I would urge you to go to Amazon or your favorite bookstore and get this book. Uh, it, It certainly is a wonderful book to start the year with. How does it feel when you get to put your new book in your hand for the first time? Oh, wow. I think I've cried
2: more more in the last couple of weeks and months as the book has, you know, as I've gotten the advanced copies and I've started to hear from people who are reading it early. And then when the book day, release day finally came, it's really amazing. It's a great feeling. And I love that you said you were as excited as if it were your own (laughs) book when you got your copy. I want everyone to feel like that. Like, this is your book. Because, while well, you know, of course, part of it is based on my story. My hope is that everyone finds their story, their wake-up call, their excitement and their life changes within this book. I want it to be your book.
1: And I think anybody who's feeling the stress of contemporary living, you know, really needs to take time to read this book. If you have a Kindle, you know, get it on a Kindle, take it with you, you know, read it when you have to wait. If you're too stressed, too busy to sit down and read a book, do it that way. Uh, You can even get, I think there's an audio version, isn't there?
2: There is. It's available on Audible, and then there's also a, a CD version as well on Amazon.
1: So you can put it in your car and listen to it on the way to work. But, you know, still get the hard copy because there's so many wonderful questions in it to ponder, some things that you can do to help yourself and uh that's what all this self improvement stuff is about anyway ways to help yourself heal to feel better to do better be happier what inspired you to write a book i mean you had wonderful experience wonderful you know change in your life you've done some exciting things that i want to talk about what but what said to you you need to write this down
2: I wanted to write this book so that I could connect with people that are just like me that are struggling but aren't sure why and really want to figure things out and live happier, healthier lives. And I know that there are a gazillion books out there, um, but a lot of them come from kind of this expert place, which... That's fine. I think it's great that we have experts in different fields. But I know for me, I learn better from other messy humans who are going (laughs) through it and figuring things out.
1: I've got a secret. I've got a secret. Those people that we think are experts still are messy. (laughs) They really are. (laughs) That's probably true. Uh, I just
2: know I wanted my mess to inspire someone else to get out of their own mess. And and when we, when, when we can relate to someone, you know, whether it's because we had a similar career or a similar lifestyle or a similar wake up call, whatever it is, once we make that connection, I think that then we can kind of take it from there and really go for it with whatever changes we want to make.
1: So let me ask you this question. You were diagnosed with MS, you know, your life you felt like your life was kind of falling apart. How did you know? How did you tune into the fact that simplifying your life, getting rid of stuff and and stuff includes, you know, things in your schedule as well as stuff in your house? How did you hone in on that and know that this was going to be your way to freedom from disease?
2: I didn't know at first. All I knew at first was that I wanted to eliminate stress. And so I looked at one stressful thing at a time. And the first thing was food and diet. And when I made some changes to my food and diet, I looked at the next thing, which was debt, consumer debt. And as I was making changes there, I started to notice the stuff and clutter in my home. And while I never really thought about that stuff as being stressful... I realized it was this constant reminder of my debt and my discontent and not really adding value to my life. So as I started to remove the clutter, I realized that with every change I had made, the thread of that change was based and rooted in simplicity. And that's how I began to approach everything was, you know, how can I simplify this? How can I remove the unessential
1: and then you didn't have to be you know, worried about it. On that note, we're going to take a break. But let me tell you how much she really means business with this. You know, she's the first person I know that would admit to paying off off one credit card with another credit card. When when you're in that much debt and you're in that much trouble, you're going to be in trouble. So listen to what Courtney has to say. She's truly been there, done that, and found a solution. This is Irene Connell with my guest, Courtney Carver, saying stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice
4: America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
2: You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there
1: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Courtney Carver, whose book was just released Tuesday. Her book, Soulful Simplicity, How Living with Less Can Lead to So Much More, is such a great read. Be sure you get it to start your new year with. We've been talking about how MS really led her to change her life, to get rid of stress, And she's done some really amazing things to help other people um, get rid of some of their clutter and go forward. I want to talk about a couple of the things that you created, some of the things that you do. I'm absolutely fascinated with Project 333. When I first read about it, I said, oh, there's no way I could do that. And the more I think about it, the more I like the idea. Tell us about Project 333. Sure. It's a minimalist fashion challenge that invites
2: you to dress with 33 items or less for three months, including clothing, accessories, jewelry, and shoes. And I started this challenge because my closet used to be so out of control and probably where I had the most clutter in my home. I mean, I just kept adding and adding to my closet but I was always wearing the same few things anyway. So why did I have to keep sorting through my bad purchase decisions and the clothes that didn't fit and that I didn't enjoy? And so I put together this experiment, this little challenge, just to see what might happen if I dressed with less for a while. And the challenge started in 2010. And now more than seven years later, I still dress with 33 items every three months, And tens of thousands of people from all over the world have tried the challenge.
1: What kind of feedback have you had?
2: It's been really incredible. It really did start as something that I did for myself. And once I noticed that other people were joining in and started hearing from them, it was so neat to see that not only were they experiencing things like I was, like my mornings got so much easier. I was saving money. Um, I was receiving more compliments and no one really noticed that I was dressing with fewer items. Um, but also there were people who had experienced a great relief in anxiety disorders um, and with depression by releasing their clothes in their closet. Uh, it just helped them wow. to begin to make some of that space that we were talking about earlier to really um, to feel less
1: pressured and uh, so how can people w- find how, you know, how to go about doing this you you have it on your website don't you
2: I sure do you can google project 333 or you can go to be more with slash project dash um, 333 all the information is out there for free if you want something that's more instructive and inspirational you could, there's a, a course a micro course available so that you can have kind of a day-by-day process of getting rid of the excess in your closet uh, but have fun with it I think it's and just like you said in the beginning you didn't think you could do it I think that's exactly what people think at in the beginning but if you really think about what you wear chances are you only wear the same few things over and over again
1: anyway yeah, the only time I change is when the season changes. You know, I, we have two seasons here: summer and not summer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pretty much it. Um, and, and you do find that unless you go out somewhere, you your your clothes you know kind of rotate day by day. You know, whatever. Um, it's a fun idea. Talk about your micro courses. Uh, you mentioned that. Uh, what are they and how can people participate? How do they find you?
2: Uh, so, everything can be found on wa- my website, bemorewithless.com. There's a, a navigation bar that has links to the different courses and books. Uh, but, my micro courses, I have two of them that I created. One is about Project 333, and the other is about creating your own micro business. And they're both less than $20 and they're very actionable. You know, I wanted to create a couple of courses that were very inexpensive, but very, uh, you know, things that you could put into action in less than a week. Because I think sometimes we do this thing where we get really inspired to try something, and then it fades away because we don't take action soon enough. So I wanted to remove all the barriers for that, including price and just the time it takes to get going.
1: And I really encourage you. I, I, I have not experienced your courses, but they look very interesting and, and very well done. And I would encourage you know, anybody to, to take a look at those. Let's talk a little bit about your book. And I, I understand, by the way, that you're going on tour. Um, where are you going to be and how do people get tickets to see you or hear you?
2: Well, I'll be visiting 12 cities over um, January and February. And the cities will include uh, my hometown of Salt Lake City, Minneapolis, Boston, New York, DC, Tampa, and Atlanta in January. And then in February, I'll be in Seattle, LA, San Diego, Dallas, and Austin. And Too bad those, you're not coming uh, to Phoenix. I know, I, although I hope to come to Phoenix uh, for some something in the spring, for a live event in the spring. I don't know what it is yet, but I should have more information on that soon. I'd really like to come to Phoenix. Uh,
1: at least on your tour, you're going from the cold climates to warm climates, so you will have time yes. to thaw out a little bit. I hope <laughs> the weather stays de- decent for you. You you, you, split your book, you split your book into four sections, and I think, you know, what I'd like to do is just let you briefly talk about what's in each section. And 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 I think the, the listeners are going to find that there's something in each section for them. The first one, I love this, is called Making Me. I had to start with the inside. So what's in Making Me, that first section of your book? Making Me
2: is all about me recognizing my wake-up call and then um, kind of recognizing my wake-up call and trying to figure out how to live happier and healthier and really slowing down and starting to connect with myself and remember myself.
1: You know, in the title, you, you add the phrase... When you live or work outside of your heart, there will be breakup, breakdown, or both. And I think that's really so insightful. But how do you work inside of your heart? Well,
2: I know that for a long time I worked and lived outside of my heart, meaning that I was always compromising what I knew to be true and what mattered to me. And it wasn't in a a malicious way and it wasn't in a, like, that was my goal for the day is to work outside of my heart, but it just slowly unraveled in that way. And it could be little compromises like saying yes when I really wanted to say no or telling my daughter I'll be there in a minute and then not being available for 30 minutes or an hour or... Bigger things, like taking a job that I didn't believe in um, just because I knew it would pay the bills or, uh, I mean, anything like that. I think that's something that we all really have to watch out for. You know, are those, they feel like small compromises, but they build up and build up until before we know it, we're completely outside of ourselves and we forget what really matters to us, what we stand for, and what we want our lives to be like.
1: What an important concept. If nobody gets past that first section, they still will have, you know, they'll still be way, way ahead. The second section is making space. And you say clearing the debt and clutter. I love that debt and clutter are hand in hand here. If you want to get clear on what matters, get rid of everything that doesn't. That's pretty strong. Talk a little bit about making space without giving it all away. Sure. And I think that means
2: different things to different people in terms of, you know, if you want to discover what matters to you, get rid of everything that doesn't, that's going to look different for everyone. Um, If you are single and traveling by yourself and you don't have an apartment or a house, you may live with only 50 things. And that's fantastic or less even. Um, if like me, you, when you, when I started this journey, you know, my daughter was younger and living with us and we had a a big house. And so we had more stuff than, than like the person that I just talked about. And there's a lot of differences in between that too. There's no right amount of things to own, but it's about questioning your stuff and really deciding why you want to have it in your home. Is it adding value? Is it useful? Or is it in the way? And worse, is it covering up how you really want to spend your life?
1: Yeah, when you have to spend but, a half an hour looking for something that you need, maybe there's too much stuff. And, and yeah. I have to face that one. You know, I, I can't find something and it takes me a half an hour or longer to put my hand on it. I have too much stuff.
2: Yeah, or Let's if see. you notice that all the only thing you do with some of your things is dust it, or move it around, right. or try to yes. organize it. So why, why, why do we do that to ourselves? Because we accumulate. It's much easier to accumulate than to let go. Um, but I think we have to remind ourselves that even though letting go can be challenging, holding on is so much harder because we have to hold on every day. And takes whether a lot or not more energy.
1: Think to, yeah. problem, you think of yourself hanging from some monkey bars, you know, no, uh, hanging I mean, on is a lot harder than letting go. Yeah, we're giving it
2: our attention, our time, our money, our energy, our emotion. Why are we doing that if it's not making, you know, making us any happier or healthier?
1: And the next one, the next section, everybody pay attention, making time, the busy boycott. When we try to juggle everything, we can't enjoy anything. What a mantra. Yeah. Uh, talk about the busy boycott. I love to boycott busy.
2: I used to be quite the juggler. I thought I could keep all the balls in the air. And as it turns out, I couldn't. They were falling all around me, uh, although it took me a while to see that. But more so, I realized that in trying to do it all, I wasn't enjoying any of it. And that just seemed ridiculous to me. And so I wanted to figure out, you know, how could I, even in the midst of working full time and raising a family, how could I... Down? How could I start to enjoy what was around me, what mattered to me? And that's, I guess, kind of where I came up with the busy boycott because I wanted to spend my time lingering and hearing conversations, really showing up for people instead of telling everyone how busy I was or complaining about everything on my to-do list. I wanted to have that space on my calendar and in my day and and with my people.
1: You know, sometimes we have to give ourselves permission to slow down and enjoy. We we have two dogs and we go to the dog park every day, a wonderful dog park here in Fountain Hills. And it's a fun place to go. And I would take the dogs and rush them through their thing and be sure they did their business and Hurry back home to get back on the computer, and, and you know. Actually, I think your book did this for me. I suddenly realized I was not enjoying it. It wasn't any fun for me, and it probably wasn't any fun for the dogs either. And I thought, okay, this is where I can start. I will enjoy this. And you know what? It has been so delightful this last week to go to the dog park, walk my laps sit down and enjoy watching all these beautiful little critters play, and it's made all the difference in my day. You know, so I, I really thank you for that. It was good. Well, thank you.
2: I mean, you're the one that put it in, into action. That's huge. And just to be able to notice it in that one little thing is going to inspire change in so many other areas.
1: And, and we're just beginning. <laughs> and your last section is making love. What really matters, simplicity is the way back to love. What an important concept. Talk a little bit about that.
2: Well, this is by far my favorite section of the book. It was my favorite part of the book to write. And the favorite part of my journey probably is really coming back to love in many areas of my life. I mean, through simplicity, I found my way back to work that I love, to, to loving myself and to the people that I love, In that I really do have the presence uh, to show up for them now, where before, even though I did love them, I said that I loved them, I, I think I probably showed it more in my words than in my actions, And now I know that I want to show them how much I love them, even if it's just by being able to pay attention uh, and to spend time with them. I think that's, that's definitely an underrated part of simplicity. I mean, I think we're often focused on the clean countertops and the organized sock drawers, but big thing is love I mean it really is that is kind of what we all strive for more of in our life and by living with less of what you don't love you definitely have the space and time for what you do
1: what a great concept on that idea I think we'll go to break and when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about soulful simplicity with Courtney Carver stay tuned we'll be right back
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment.
1: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Courtney Carver, who's written this lovely book called Soulful Simplicity, How Living With Less Can Lead to So Much More. Highly recommend this book. I want to ask you, Courtney, how do you describe soulful simplicity, and how is it different from minimalism? Are they the same, or are they different?
2: In many ways, they are the same, um, and I've always used the word simplicity and minimalism kind of interchangeably, but for me, soulful simplicity means that my heart is in the game, and it so often, you know, when I used to try to make changes in my life, I never could make them last or stick, and I couldn't figure out why, but this time when I was making changes, I realized that I really understood why I wanted to change and that my heart was in the game. I mean, I, I was really invested inside and out, versus a lot of the other changes I made were maybe for superficial reasons or because I heard about, uh, heard that this is the, the latest and greatest thing that you should try, but I wasn't really invested heart and soul invested and so the soulful part of my soulful simplicity is that it's my heart it's being connected to my changes um, by understanding why i want to make those changes
1: tell us a little bit talk briefly about the changes that you made you know to simplify in that you, you talk about the four areas of your life health space time love you know, just briefly touch on each in terms of soulful simplicity.
2: Well, I changed uh, my diet for starters. You know, I looked at what was stressful for my body with MS. And while I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor and I'm not making any kind of recommendations here, what worked best for me in the beginning was to eliminate most animal products. Um, I was a vegetarian for many years. I now have some seafood in my diet, but I also have way less um, in terms of uh, grains and carbs and like uh, breads, cookies, packaged foods, which I adore all of those things, (laughs) but (laughs) realized that it really wasn't serving me. And so I'm always really assessing in the, the diet realm, like what, fuels me, what depletes me, and experimenting to see what works the best. And then I paid off, um, or I should say we paid off, my family, we paid off all of our debt. Uh, We downsized from a large home with a big yard and an attic and a storage shed to a small apartment in the city with no storage at all. That was a huge change for us. Wow. Uh, my my career changed completely um, because once, you know, the debt was gone and the stuff was gone and the house was gone, I had so much more freedom that I had this, that space to be able to pursue a career that I really enjoy, which is writing.
1: Lovely. <laughs> Wonderful change. And... um I lost my place. Your next area was time. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm kind of skipping around, too. But we
2: decluttered like like crazy and just got rid of probably 90% of our stuff. And people often ask me, you know, is there anything that you regret getting rid of? And usually I can't even remember what we got rid of. It was that unimportant. There's very little I remember and nothing that I regret getting rid of. And then in terms of time, I started saying no more often to things I didn't want to do, events I didn't want to attend, uh, people I didn't want to spend time with, uh, when before it was always seemed to be a yes. Like I felt obligated all the time. Uh, But by saying no and creating more time and space for myself, I really was able to improve my health and... um, to slow down a bit and to decide for myself how I really wanted to spend my time. So I would say that Amazing. would probably cover the first three sections, and then, yeah. in terms of the uh, last section, making love. This was really the fun part because the the stuff was gone, the the obligations were gone, all of the unhealthy food and. You know, dismissing what I really wanted out of my life was gone. And now I could turn that all into, you know, how I really wanted to spend my time, who I wanted to spend it with, how I wanted to pay attention to people, um, what I could pursue my curiosities and my passions. That was all of the love, the changes in love. And that's still going on today.
1: In your very first chapter, you said this, and I think what you've told us confirms that this is so true. Not being yourself is exhausting and breaks you down from the inside out. Um, And you've given us, you know, words that say, hey, you can fix this. You don't have to totally break down. You can turn it around And, you know, having less is truly more. Is that what you mean by having less is more?
2: That's definitely part of it. Uh, It's funny how less turns into more, but it's not more stuff or more obligations. It's more of the good stuff, the best things that aren't things. Uh, So it's redefining, you know, what you want to fill your life with and when you make room for it 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 has the space to show up
1: where do people start you know they've heard what you said they they've read your read your book your book is very helpful in where to start but you know let's say here i am i'm on the brink of just falling apart i'm not really <laughs> but let's say i am really on the brink of falling apart i can't sleep uh, I eat too much, um, blah, 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 all those things. Where? What would you tell me? Where's my starting place? Is that something I have to find for myself, or is there help for me? Well, it's going
2: to be different for everyone, and sometimes the frustrating part about getting started is you know that there are so many things you want to change, so you just don't do anything because it's too difficult to figure out where to start. But I recommend there are two ways that you could approach it. One is ask yourself what you're really curious about or interested in, knowing that, like, let's say there are 10 things you want to change, and you're going to change every one of them within the next 10 years or the next two years. Pick one today. It will not matter where you start. Um, So I would go with the one that you're most interested in in this case. And the second way is where's the one area that would make the greatest difference on how you feel. So for me, that was food. I needed to change my diet. I thought that would have the biggest impact on me health-wise. But wherever you start, that one change that you make will give you the inspiration and momentum to move on to the next change, even while you're still working on that first one for a bit. But I say only pick one and just get started on one thing, no matter what it is.
1: How do people come to know what that one thing is? I, and I ask that question because I've found over the years that people haven't given enough time to figuring out what they believe, what they want, who they are, um, what direction they want to move in. Uh, how, what, how do you tell them to get a hold of some of that so they know where to start? Well, there's one thing I
2: offer in the book in each section that has been a huge part of my life and a big part in answering some of those questions, and that is to develop a heart practice where you have a little time every day to listen to your heart. And it sounds a little woo-woo, but it isn't. It's not. It's your, at least I think, it's your responsibility to connect with your heart. Um, a little bit of
1: woo-woo not bad either. It's really? not, it's not, um, a little bit of woo-woo is just fine, but for those
2: people who aren't very woo-woo, I'm not very woo-woo, so I always like to say right away that it isn't because yeah. I just, I don't want you to dismiss it by thinking it is, but
1: Well, yeah, um, I'm for a little me, woo, not, not necessarily woo-woo, but woo. <laughs> okay yeah I'm, I'm woo-ish how about that <laughs> I like woo-ish yeah that's good Okay. talk about your practice of putting your hands on your heart
2: sure so in my morning routine that I practice almost daily I do a little bit of writing and meditating and movement and within that one thing I like to do is sit quietly and put my hands on my heart one hand over the other as if I'm holding my heart in my hands and some days I just sit and listen and feel my heart beating and other days I ask questions of my heart and it could be something like, how are you today? But it could also be something like, what change do I need in my life right now? Or what is really not working today in my life? And while there aren't answers every day, With a consistent practice, I have more and more answers. And it's also keeping my heart in the game, as we talked about earlier, keeping my heart invested in the changes that I'm making, in the life that I'm living, and staying connected to myself all day long, just by spending those few minutes in the morning with my hands on my heart.
1: How has your life changed? (laughs)
2: Whoa, that's a big question. Uh, My (laughs) life has changed in every possible way. Um, I, for instance, I used to measure myself by what I got accomplished, by how many check marks were on my to-do list at the end of the day. If I didn't get enough done, I was a failure. On the days that I got it all done, I was a screaming success. Um, But now I measure myself differently, Um, and sometimes I don't measure at all, but when I do, it's about how I really feel, about how I treat other people, and about how I am living my life. Am I living within my heart? Um, That's how I measure today when I measure. I'm also healthier than I have been since even prior to my MS diagnosis. I haven't had a relapse in more than nine years. So, I mean, that in itself, I think, is is remarkable. I am closer to the most meaningful people in my life. And I don't spend a lot of time socializing and networking and doing all the things I thought I had to do to to climb the ladder, so to speak. I don't do that. Uh, And I'm so glad because that wasn't part of part of me before, even though I did it. Um, I'm an introvert. I didn't know that for a long time, but I definitely am. And so I thrive when I have alone time or when I'm with small groups of people, not when I'm with 50 people exchanging business cards. Um, So I'm recognizing more things about myself and that allows me to be more me, um, whether that appeals to people, other people or not. Um, has no, it just doesn't matter anymore. Uh, I have to be me first.
1: Perfect. And I think that's What's probably the, the yeah, biggest change. We're getting right up to the end of this show. What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today?
2: Every little step counts. When you're looking at change that you think is going to take years, don't get overwhelmed by that because those big changes are just a combination of all the little tiny changes that you're going to make moving towards it. So just start small and stay focused on that one next step, and then the big change will happen.
1: What a wonderful thought to end 2017 with and you know, bring 2018 into being. Courtney Carver's book, Soulful Simplicity, to me, is a must-read very carefully over the next few months. Um, And I have some things that I need to say to end the show. I've been doing the show now for in my eighth year, and it's just about time for me to retire. So you're going to see some wonderful changes, I think, coming up. I can't tell you yet because we're still in the middle of getting all the details worked out. But you know something, I've fallen in love with all my listeners, and I don't know what in my life I've done that I've enjoyed more than doing this show. Uh, hey, and I didn't mean to do a commercial here, but you, know, you can do it too. All you need to do is contact somebody at Voice America. Um, I guess that's my last thought, is thanking everybody at Voice America for being so gracious and so helpful and so loving and helping me do this show. And all my guests for all the wisdom and brilliance they've brought to me and to those who've heard this show. Thank you so much. And I wish all of you a lot of love, a lot of joy, and wonderful successes in 2018. This is Irene Conlon and my guest Courtney Carmer saying thank you so much for being with us today and stay tuned next week to see what's going on with the self-improvement show.
0: Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the self-improvement show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, 12 noon Pacific time on the voice America empowerment channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.